get a cup of coffee in here, please? coffee and hot. <laughs> I could use a uh, hot coffee. I have a warm coffee because I've been up for a while drinking coffee. I need a refresher already, but I didn't run for one because I've been, been looking for things to discuss here today because I don't have a guest calling in. I might call some of my friends. I don't know. Good morning, folks. <laughs> it's Tuesday, December 28th, 2021. It's a wonderful day in the neighborhood, except if you live in America. As uh, things in Albuquerque, Kevin, um, I understand there's some weather going on out there. Uh, saw some stuff about snowstorms and stuff throughout the Southwest. We haven't had any here, which is unusual. And I think, it, you know, it's not so unusual to get snow in the Southwest. Generally, it doesn't last long, and generally it's not massive accumulations but uh i heard most a lot a lot of the western part of the country is experiencing some very strange weather hope yeah travels are safe there um got a couple days to get to albuquerque uh to new mexico las vegas man see i'm not awake yet uh but hope it's a safe and uh pleasant drive and i hope you got to meet our friend craig out there um and uh that should be, if you're planning to, that should be a nice little thing. Let's discuss the C- CDC dropping quarantine period for COVID five days after being lobbied by United States pilot and crucial. Now you're talking about on planes, right? Because, uh, you know, I I wanted to talk about COVID today because people are fucking so sick of talking about COVID. I'm among them. But a lot of the people complaining about COVID and like, like it's never going to go away, at least from the um, media perspective of it's all over the place. Almost every story in the news today has something to do with COVID. Uh, are they across the board? Uh, to see, I'm trying to keep up, if you're on the audio side, trying to keep up with Kevin's comments in the uh, um, chat room. I'm going to read them for you just to, so you can get caught up. Uh, he says, morning dog from Albuquerque. Oh, we read that one already. Uh, let's discuss the CDC dropping the quarantine period for COVID to five days after being lobbied by United, uh, by United about pilot and cruise shortages. I thought it was Delta. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, some snow today in Flagstaff. Oh, yeah, I thought you were in Albuquerque. Anyway, uh, CDC recommendations now cross the board, though. Now, I thought I could be wrong about this because I'm so fucking sick of reading COVID news. Um, but I thought it was five days if you have no symptoms. If I don't think it will you te- test negative. If you po- test positive and you have no symptoms, it's five days. Now, I could be wrong about that. That's what, what I thought I read. Uh, again, I'm just like reading this stuff so um, surface level because I'm so sick of it. 
There was a story this morning, some douchebag, and I don't know who the douchebag is. <laughs> I'm not even checking credentials anymore. Uh, some douchebag, uh, and I'm not even a scientist saying, Dr. Uh, no, no, no. Where was just a headline I read where somebody saying um, COVID, we can expect COVID to be with us uh, almost like permanently in some form or another. Now, <clears throat> that's not what I want to hear. It's definitely not what I want to hear. Um, and then you have other people just getting angrier and angrier about by the minute at the mainstream media as if they caused this whole thing. Listen, the media doesn't, the media has a job to do, and there are people in the media who have a, have to earn their paycheck somehow. And so on a slow news day, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? They're going to report on this shit. Uh, media didn't create the pandemic and is not necessarily responsible for the reaction to the pandemic, at least in my view. Uh, they're supposed to tell, or I'm going back to Kevin's comments here. I want to keep people appraised in case you're on the audio side. Uh, Kevin says, they're supposed to tell us the best practices, not bow to corporations, though. I think it's purely economic-based. Um, see, I, I I get what you're saying. And, uh, yeah, CNN definitely seems to be. Somebody pointed out that uh, CNN... Um, named the Pfizer CEO as uh, executive of, of the year. <laughs> like, if that's not a uh, conflict of interest there, and, like, who the fuck cares who uh, CNN business is calling uh, executive of the year, but it does seem a little a conflict of interest there, uh, cover, and covering this stuff. But here's the thing, and I'm th- thinking about this this morning. There are still people, and I don't know, if you're out there, if you're one of them, let me know. People who have not been touched by COVID in a serious way, meaning you haven't had loss or somebody who had a serious hospitalization and had a really long recovery period with lots of complications. There are still people out there all around the country who have not experienced that, even though we're uh, probably at like 800,000 deaths now or something like that. Then there are people like me who've lost 50 people, just about 50 people now, 48 people who I've lost, close close associates, friends, uh, business associates, booking agents, people in my life, lost 40 of them, cats jumping behind the curtains there, uh, 50 of them now, 48, creeping up on 50, have two more that are in the hospital now. So... I can understand how people who haven't been touched by this think it's all just bullshit and it's like media uh, is just trying to scare us and stuff. But I also know 48 families who have good reason to think it's all real and lost people. And I think it's important for the people who are just living on anger and frustration to to reconnect with their heart for those people, 800,000 people. Uh, four-fifths of a million have lost somebody. That's a that's a serious thing. And I'm not, you know, I promise you, I'm not making up the numbers that, that happen here. 
lot of loss, a lot of people gone, a lot of good friends, fans, business associates, three booking agents, so three personal booking agents for me. Uh, and and I, I don't say that like it's all business. It's not all business. It's just um, that's how close it hit to home. So, um, you know, when I see people just getting angry and, and just really frustrated on this, I think they lost they've lost perspective on that because they haven't been touched by it. They haven't lost anybody and think it's all just a made up bullshit and they're just trying to uh, control us and all that stuff. They like a big conspiracy theory. Now, uh, the idea that the media is serving corporations, that's nothing new. That's nothing new. It's always been that way about every issue that's come down the pike in the last, I'd say, since cable news was invented. Uh, and even before that, to some extent, network news. Um, it was a, a little bit more pure, but it, only more pure in the sense of timing uh, when, when it was purely network news because they didn't have 24-7 coverage. So they didn't have to make shit up and didn't have to kind of um, stir the pot and look for stuff to drive ratings up constantly. That wasn't the news job. The news was on uh, national news. Uh, first, you had your local news a half hour. Then you had your national news a uh, half hour. And then at the end of the day, you had local news again for another half hour. That was it of your news coverage. And then cable TV came along with 24-7 coverage. And they have to feed something. And all these jobs are out there. People got to do something. What is Craig saying here? The grief multiplier... Grief multiplier is the uh, is the mental health to uh, mental health tsunami that will need to be accounted for. Yeah, there's that too, that too, absolutely. You know, but again, if you haven't been touched by it and you don't know where anybody, and there are lots, millions of people who haven't been touched by it, so I could understand their frustration and all this stuff. Um, Yeah, uh, well, even worse than that, Chad. Chad, good morning, Chad. Chad says uh, we, the U.S., only play lip service to mental health issues. Uh, beyond beyond not only paying lip service to it, we actively shut down all the facilities uh, because we didn't want to. Listen, if you've been in one, you know the facilities that we shut down were not were not great places anyway. But we put them all out on the street uh actively so that's even worse than just giving lip service to it like we care about it we actually uh demonstrated that fuck them they're not important to us put them out on the street i mean can't, can't get any cold more cold hearted than that um but we talk about it all the time mental health mental health mental health i tell you what almost every comedian especially the ones who are not um nationally known the people who i've uh, who contacted me or I've contacted uh, uh, comedians, working dog comedians, road dog comedians, uh, all all have in their bio, comedian slash mental health advocate. And then I was like, what, a, what the fuck does that mean? What the fuck? We're all advocates for mental health. <laughs> I'm, ad, I'm advocating for my own mental health and, and desperately trying to find it. Uh, and it's 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 a, like an elusive thing. It's out there. Um, speaking of uh, Chad, uh, and uh, are you guys getting the guy? You guys are you having some kind of meetup? You and Kevin, Chad. Good morning. Uh, there might be water this summer. What does that mean? Uh, 
are you guys were you, do you guys have a drought that uh in albuquerque or in in albuquerque denver colorado all that area uh this year uh i know i was talking to kevin before you guys i think joined the uh conversation this morning we're hearing reports of uh big snowstorms out there and stuff like that um which unusual uh, in in the southwest anyway uh arizona california even uh parts of new mexico and texas i guess getting uh hammered with some snow i don't know uh, th- those are the reports we're getting here it's been mild but uh, no snow yet um i believe water when i see it craig you guys got to clue me in what's going on with the water out there uh snowpack in the rockies has been non-existent really really uh this is uh important news now you would think speaking of media they wouldn't ignore stuffing because they don't report heavily uh, or i would have heard about it now that uh you know snowpacks in the rockies have been non-existent uh and and things like that um so you would think they would would have reported about uh on that kind of stuff Oh, brother, I'm having these issues again. Oh, excuse me while I text somebody. Uh, nice. There's a nice storm headed towards Kelly after. Uh, hmm. Interesting. Why am I getting Wi-Fi issues? Anyway, um, so, you know, the COVID stuff is, is reaching a... Um, Beyond all the crap that's going on, the the frustration level. So you have many levels here. You have this disease that continues to be here, this virus that continues to be here and is not going away. And then you have the the mental health issues and the fallout and the grief and all that kind of stuff that goes with 800,000 dead. And then you have this massive frustration level, anger building at, and and we want to be angry. We want to find somebody to be angry at. So some people that's Fauci. Some people that's just a broad blanket of media. Some people it's doctors and science. Some people it's Biden. Uh, And it was Trump, but he can't be blamed for what's going on now. Obviously he's, he's gone and and we're still gone for a, a year now almost a year coming up on a month and we're still dealing with this shit like pretty much on the same level so whoever you want to be mad at about this stuff uh gotta learn to deal with it as you know and move move forward in some way now yeah what we're talking about in new york city here is so fucking bizarre because numbers are up in new york city and uh, there's a Billy Joel kind of Billy Joel, and I don't fucking get the fucking like Billy Joel love. I mean, I I respect the man as a songwriter. Uh, guy, he guy's written a lot of hits. I respect that local people like to wherever you are, local people people like to celebrate their local celebrities, their local people who made it big time and yeah hold them up as this guy represents us so long island and new york city have a fucking hard on for billy joel like 
incredible, like well beyond what's deserved, in my opinion. Again, I re- respect the amount of hits and the songwriting and all that kind of stuff. I uh, wouldn't say I'm a huge Billy Joel fan, <laughs> uh, but I respect um, I respect his success in the music business. But he's got this, and he has a residency at Madison Square Garden for people who don't know, uh, which means, and before COVID, he would play there, I think, four times a year and sell out every fucking show. And now he's due back, I think it's tonight, tomorrow night, for a first one since... Uh, the pandemic or, or second one since the pandemic and New York city is preparing for how to deal with uh, the, the crowd. And, you know, and so the Blasio who's the mayor's there still, unfortunately uh, is telling people um, not to worry about it. get vaccinated and you, you don't have to worry about it. You can go and be safe. I don't know if you've ever been to Madison, Madison square garden, but, uh, it's not safe in non-pandemic times. <laughs> uh, um, this time of year, if you went in there in a, in a normal time without pandemic, I, w- I would say if 17,000 people fill the arena, 2,000 of them are going to come home tomorrow with the flu. Uh, that's that's how, you know, Madison Square Garden is not meant for, it's meant for sports, meant for hockey and basketball. It was never built with the idea of having music concerts there. And so it's a very cramped place. So New York City is like writing two things. This idea of stroking fear, telling people pandemic's not over and numbers are up and hospitalizations are up and child hospitalizations are up. But let's have a concert in cramped city in a sardine can and tell people not to take any precautions. Oh, well, not tell them not to take any precautions. Tell them to get vaccinated. And if you're not vaccinated, don't go. Fucking bizarre, man. And I, everybody's so tired of it. And I'm tired of talking about it and tired of dealing with it. But it, it's, it is, it's like fucking Freddy Krueger. Every time you think it's fucking over with, it comes back. And it comes back for more. Did, did you guys did not answer my question? Did you guys get to meet Chad, Chad and Kevin? Did you guys get a few minutes to say hello to each other? I mean, Albuquerque. How do you go to Albuquerque and not say hello to Greg? It's like <laughs> it's like going to uh, Washington, uh, going to the White House, and not saying not saying hello to the president. And yeah, I put Craig up on that level, presidential. <laughs> How do you go to Albuquerque and not meet up with with, with Craig? Um, Colorado is dry, dry. Snowpack is down a lot. Now, that's fucking weird. Again, why isn't the media covering that? That seems to be a very uh, important story. I mean, uh, we adapt to, in some ways, to dealing with the COVID shit. We are not going to adapt to not no water. <laughs> and it's not, a, it's not a major story. Why haven't you guys met up, man? Come on. Just a little hand. Well, not handshake, fist bump, I guess. <laughs> Hello. Ah, <laughs> oh, coffee, man. If it wasn't for coffee. Anyway, I, I'm, I don't know how we're going to get through this week. I don't have any guests lined up. Uh, I haven't really put in a lot of effort for the morning stuff. I've talked to some comedians. All the comedians out west, and I, I want I want to get Billy Wayne Davis back on 
for an interview. It's about time. I mean, he's been away for probably it's probably been six months since I, I talked to Billy. I want to get him on the, on the nighttime show. Uh, getting people to call in on the morning show is going to be a little difficult. Kevin is on a mission. Hey, man, on the way back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on a mission to go to get to Vegas. But he's got three days left, right? Am I wrong? Two, three, one, two, three, two, three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, come on. I could do it. And now you're talking about what? How many hours to, to Vegas? It's probably another, I don't know, 10 hours from where you are? Three days? Come on. That mission is... is uh, in the bag, as they say. Uh, allergies are kicking up here. Come on over to KOA, Craig. <laughs> Hope to be on the road by uh, 8 local time. Uh, Camp Spot 104. I hope you're driving uh, where you're driving, Kevin, is um, clear and safe. Yeah, the snow delay. I mean, is it snowing constantly out there? Um. Let me know what's going on out there. Again, we get no fucking news. If it doesn't happen in New York or L.A., I shouldn't say that. There was reports of um, some kind of shooting stuff I read about out in Denver. Uh, four guy, four people killed, like a highway killer type of thing. They're calling it a mass shooting, but it seems like a, I don't know, uh, it seemed more like one of those random uh maniacs going around shooting on on highways and stuff from what i gathered um maybe craig can uh chad can uh enlighten me or maybe craig maybe he gets that news too that denver news makes its way down to albuquerque shooter uh killed four injured more uh around the denver area suspect is dead that's just the whole of the headline i have not uh done a deep dig on the story but i it was i know it was a highway uh related to on the highway anyway um yeah so looking forward to a year change and we always talk about you know um year the year changing like it's like it's going to make a big difference like just because uh sad like saturday <laughs> is going to be different from Friday because there's a, a 22 instead of a 21 at the end of the end of the number. Not going to be that much difference. Still the same shit. Wake up to the same shit. Uh, and hoping 22 is a better year overall. Not all that optimistic about this COVID shit going away, though. Um, it, and where I am, it, it's definitely starting to... Um, come back in affecting livelihoods of businesses because you know a fucking governor who was unelected who you know took over she was lieutenant governor under cuomo when cuomo uh, resigned she became the governor she's a little uh aggressive a little too aggressive so people need to go to if they go to a business like a, a restaurant they're supposed to wear masks while they sit at their table and dine and have conversation and just kind of pull the mask down to eat and put the mask back up over you. That's a little excessive, I think. Especially if you're with the person that you're sitting with the person you were sitting in a car with, with no mask. Now you get inside an establishment and you have to wear a mask to talk to that same person. Kind of weird. Uh, Chad's giving me, uh, uh, 
uh, update. Yeah, shot a couple of people, drove around, shot a couple of other people, went to a restaurant and shot a fifth person. Then the cops killed them. I was thinking about this this morning uh, in terms of that Kyle Rittenhouse kid. When cops shoot somebody, they generally have, even in this case, you got an active shooter on, on the loose and the cops take him out. Now that cop, is probably gonna, the cop, cop who shot the guy dead probably going to have to have some mandatory therapy or at least have to learn how to deal with taking a life, even the life of a bad guy. And I understand the, the people that Kyle Rittner shot were, were not exemplary people. But the kids had no, to my knowledge, no period of understanding the gravity of taking a life. And I think that's an important thing. When it, Again, even, you know, soldiers in war, shooting the enemy that you know is out to kill you, those people have trauma from that. This kid hasn't had that period of understanding the gravity of taking a life, and it automatically goes on this, um, uh, you know, media, right-wing media celebration tour of who he is. I can't imagine his psyche is going to be well prepared for adulthood. Again, he's now just turning 18 or whatever. And um, taking a life is not an easy thing, even when it's a really scumbag that you, you, you're in, the, in their life. Um, John, Johnny Hurley was a much sadder situation. Uh, it's it's it just sucks, man. It it sucks that we we're in twenty twenty two or about to be in twenty twenty two, and there's still so much uh, so much inhumanity to man. It's 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 disheartening. But we move forward and we try to do the best we can. And and again, even when you try to do the right thing, sometimes the best of intentions don't work out. I called a cocksucker yesterday, twice, in emails, about something I said on this program. Now, I'm bringing this up because I want, sort of with a sense of humor, why is cocksucker <laughs> an insult? Why? Why is cogs and a default insult to a lot of people? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be insulting you. First thing that comes out of my mouth is cogs. <laughs> I just have to say, <laughs> some of my best friends are cogs, <laughs> and people who do it well, we celebrate them in some way. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Uh, she can suck the trail, uh, chrome off a trailer hitch, <laughs> that kind of uh, stuff. You know, I think the adult uh, entertainment industry has an award for best cocksucker. <laughs> so why is cocksucker an insult? <laughs> um, but a lot of us, you know, that's a fallback. Uh, Carl, I, I think you would be a perfect person to to explain why cocksucker is an insult to me. I think. On first meeting call, I think uh, one of the first things he's told me was, uh, "I need to learn to suck cock." <laughs> anyway, why am I talking about cock sucking? Um, last week, I had a guest on the show, and nice lady, 
and I don't want to disparage her in any way. I'm just kind of, I know she wouldn't want me talking about this, but uh, it's, I, I have a right to talk about what I want on my own show, don't I? Of course I do. <laughs> i got to get me a new uh, office chair here. Um, the lady was a intimacy coach. And we were talking about things, and uh, somehow the subject turned to um, ED. And she said, uh, <laughs> well, well, let me back up a little bit. First of all, she wanted to rehearse the, the uh, not rehearse, but have a brief briefing before we did the interview. I said, that's not how I work. I and mean, that's not how podcasting is most effective. It's going to be a free-flowing, spontaneous conversation. She was a little nervous with that. It's first time doing it. Then she was shocked to find out it was actually live, and that made her a little more nervous. So the interview, about almost an hour into the interview, things started to loosen up a little bit, and we were the subject was uh, on uh, ED and the price that uh, the toll that takes on couples in intimacy and stuff. And uh, she said the word cock. <laughs> And she's not a person who, uh, I guess, says that word that often or doesn't want that to be uh, as part of her professional legacy. <laughs> and I can understand that if you're you're in a profession that, that requires a sense of decorum, you might not want to share an interview where you said the word cock. I get that, but you know, my and I tried to impress them. my audience has heard a lot worse than cock. <laughs> a little old hot and I believe the phrase she used was hard cock. And I said a little old hard cock on my show is not gonna turn people away. She said, Yeah, but I want to share it with my audience. Can you bleep that out? Now in poet this is it's a live show, man. And post on YouTube, bleeping something out requires taking it, taking the original down and losing all the views that it already had on it, like a thousand views on it, and losing those pennies, but it, it matters in the big scope of things, taking those things down and then re-editing it and putting it back up. Just worked for me. And, but I decided to do it anyway, and I took... I, I, I took the video down and I edited out the whole line that brought up her saying cock because it, it it would have been obvious that she said cock anyway. So what's the point of just bleeping? <laughs> because the people who she's worried about being shocked that she's using words like cock would know she's using cock anyway. So what good does a, a bleep do? So I took the whole line out and then she was upset about that. Uh, I just wanted to bleep that one word out. Well, it's too late. I've already done the work. I want to read you the line because I think it's funny. I want to, because uh, her audience is not going to see this. Uh, um, I think it's okay for me to share this with you. But I think it, it's kind of funny when you just hear the line out of context. Uh, it's in the transcript. Uh, so I'm going to see if I can play that for you. Hold on. Let's see. Oops. Share screen. Um Let's see, Chrome tab, and where is it? Oh, here you go. So now, I, in order to find the word cock, I don't know, can you see this? It's cock in here. <laughs> yes, you can see that. In order to where I had to do a uh, search for cock. 
in the conversation. And there it is, Ka. And so if I play it from here, let's see. Well, you know, you can't take uh, erections for granted. At, at <laughs> That's true. 40% of men in their 40s have ED, 50% in their 50s, 60% in their 60s. You know, so it's you can't take that for uh, the focus, right, necessarily. But you can, you know, there it is possible to have a satisfying, connected love life without a hard cock, and I can prove it in one word, Matt. What? Lesbians. Okay. A hard cock, 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 and I can prove it. Anyway, <laughs> I just, uh, that it's, uh, maybe I'm just a child, <laughs> but that's fun for me to do. A hard cock, a hard cock, a hard cock. Now, um, Oh, coming back. I, you're still on on the uh, um, the the shooting stuff. <laughs> I had moved on past the shooting stuff, and um, you see, the chat room takes a whole other life. I'm here talking about cocks and hard cocks and cock sucking, <laughs> and these guys are still talking about the shooting. I'm going to get recapped here. Uh, oh no, that would that was the. If I ended a spree at a restaurant, I demand tacos first. Good point, Carl. Uh, Kyle will be fine. He got markets and, and MTG taken care of. Ah, wow, that's a great mental health uh, professional there. Bad guy ambushed and killed the cop. Johnny killed the bad guy. Then another cop shoved, showed up and shot Johnny, thinking he was the bad guy. Now that is sad. Well, at least Johnny won't be uh, dealing with the mental health issues that come with um, uh, with dealing with um, shooting somebody. But uh, at least nobody called him a cocksucker. I'm sorry to make light of that. Uh, it's a tragic story. That's a tragedy, absolutely. Uh, and here's a guy who was doing the right thing and ended up, again, best of intentions. You can be in the right place, try to do the right thing, and still the world will turn on you. But you can't let that discourage you from, from trying to live a good life and do the right thing whenever you can. These stories can discourage people and, and turn them away. Uh, so I don't even know why. Uh, oh, I got called a cocksucker for for yesterday in emails same person but two different emails call me a cocksucker uh for the things i was saying about a certain guy who needed help last week we talking to the prophet messenger dave dave the messenger uh a guy who needed help during that conversation we sent him some money and then christmas day he wrote to me and said he needed more money i sent him some money and then yesterday on the program i kind of lectured him a little bit about trying to use me as an atm and how that if his if the problem he describes is uh, accurate that that's not the solution the asking me to be kind of drip dripping him uh cash periodically was not going to be the solution and uh i I'm trying to balance compassion with sensibility and and being uh, realistic in terms of what can be a, a real so, uh, solution to his problem if that problem is real uh, i guess i use some tough language uh 
somebody called me a, a phony cocksucker. You, you act like you're trying to help people, and then you're rude and dismissive to that guy. I don't think I was rude and dismissive. I want uh, what I asked for, simply enough, just to recap, what I asked is that he, uh, because he's writing me these long, long emails, and several long emails. I mean, really, really long emails about all the drama and stuff, and some of it is uh, puffery and, and and about me and my music and, and you know, uh, acting like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm somebody, I'm a nobody. I know that. Uh, but it's so flattery will get you nowhere with me because I don't buy it. Uh, but the long, these long emails and all I asked him to do was send me an email, giving me details of his situation, his casework. And so I could verify stuff and talk to his doctors. And because it seems like he's being denied care. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Emergency rooms will take you. Uh, there are shelters open and food and soup kitchens all around the country. It may be a little far for you. There's a way to get there. There are people that will help on that stuff. So all I wanted was the information to see if I could help that way rather than being an ATM uh, for the guy. I got called a cocksucker. Again, your best of intentions gone wrong. Uh, it is what it is, you know. And I don't let that stuff necessarily uh, bother me. I just thought it's funny how Kaka gets to be a uh, insult. I know some people would take it as a compliment. Uh, anyway, um, that's that's a, that's that. The coffee is good, not bad. Still a little cold, but not hot. But it's, it's not bad. It's kind of rich and robust this morning. I uh, hope it's a beautiful day wherever you are. We have a new sponsor. I'm not going to run a sponsorship piece. Not a new sponsor, but uh, I am going to uh, read a live read, which I haven't done in months now because I've been using video, uh, pre-prepared video to do uh, the sponsorship stuff. But let's get this today's sponsors out of the way. And I hate to put it like that. If you're, if you're with the sponsor, uh, I didn't mean to be dismissive of it. Today's sponsors are mybookie.com. Yeah, it's a good time of year for that. Getting ready for the big game. Uh, you can bet on anything at mybookie.com. Mybookie.com is one of the most popular and trusted brands in the online gambling community. That's right. You are online and you are gambling. And mybookie is the best place to do it. Um, uh, it off, it's sportsbook offers an incredible variety of sports from American staples, such as football and basketball to international sports, such as KBO rugby and cricket. It even offers wagers on entertainment and politics and simulated sports video games, such as Madden 21 and NBA 2K 21. I guess those should be updated on the 22 versions out yet. They should be like cars. Don't they come out a little early Madden 21 and NBA 2 2K21, they should have Madden 22 probably by now, and NBA 2K22. I don't know. I'll check on that. If you're looking for a line on your favorite TV show, <laughs> you can most certainly find it at my bookie. I'm just going to put this out there. And uh, with all due respect to the sponsors today, my bookie, if you want to play some and you want some action on the football stuff, go there by all means. But if you are so compelled to bet on TV shows, I'm just going to put this out there that you might have a gambling problem, my friend. Uh, listen, 
I can't imagine what you'd be betting on on television shows. But it's out there. If you want it, my bookie will facilitate your uh, gambling addiction, <laughs> compulsive gambling problem, I guess. My bookie's casino options are as plentiful as their sports books. Am I a bad guy for promoting uh, people uh, feeding their ga- compulsive gambling disorder? Uh, there are 27 different table games, such as blackjack and roulette, and almost 300 unique slot options, 77 of which are 3D. You can even play live table games and video poker, mybookie.com. You want to make sure you use the promo code Mind Dog when you sign up. You see that little join now up at the top of the screen there. And also what you see as it scrolls along, I'm going to uh, talk about it when it gets back to that scroll, if it ever gets back to that scroll. Uh is that you can double using this uh, opportunity right now? You double your first deposit up to a thousand dollars. So that means basically, and you get a free twenty dollar uh, casino chip. Basically, what that means is you put down a thousand dollars, you got two thousand dollars of which to bet with, which is a pretty good deal. Uh, have you remortgaged your house for Christmas? Who me? Hey, not just lesbians about thumbing it in like some some bloodless sushi months. What are we talking about here, Carl? You got me, you got me like uh, trying to figure out what you're saying in the middle of a sponsorship thing. Anyway, mybookie.com. Go there, use the promo code MindDog when you set up, uh, and bet your heart's delight. Bet to your heart's delight. Bet on, uh, on what was that? What was that? I just got some kind of private message somewhere. Anyway, uh, bet to your heart's delight on television, game, politics. I don't know what you bet on. Uh, because if you're betting on politics, you got a long way before the election of 22. You got uh, 11 months here, 10 months before an election. So that's a long-term bet. Uh, but TV shows, I think, and what could you actually be betting on on TV shows, like outcomes of like reality shows or something? Uh, okay, I get it. That was a Facebook instant message that threw me off there. Anyway, uh, bet, go to my bookie. Just bet the house, bet your whole house, uh, bet the ranch. Uh, and when you uh, lose, don't blame me. <laughs> It's kind of odd for the son of a bookmaker who left home because how insane uh, the gambling was to be promoting mybookie.com. Hey, I can't be choosy at this point. I'll take whatever sponsors we can get. Uh, I know I, I have other sponsors that could have sponsored this program. I just thought timing was right with you know playoff season and all that shit coming up. Uh, mybookie.com. That was probably the lamest endorsement for a sponsorship in the history of broadcasting. And I'm well aware of that. But you know what? I also think, and I've learned from experience, (laughs) that actually delivering like a positive message about the advertising isn't necessarily uh, any more productive than just just putting their name out and saying it over and over again. MyBookie.com. Use the promo code MindDogTV or MindDog. Use the promo code MindDog at MyBookie.com. Had Freddie Cruz on last night. Freddie Cruz is uh, about to become a former DJ in the Houston area. Been in the business for 
I'd say 25 years as a, a professional DJ. We were talking about radio business and how when I first got started, and it's pretty much this way still today, advertising was all the, how you were selling advertising was all they cared about. And so when I was on NYG 1440 uh, AM in Babylon, New York, which was one of the first rock and roll stations really in America, uh, not the first by any means, but one of the earlier adopters of rock and roll format. But by the time I got there, well, you know, they were still playing that same music, but it was now uh, many a whole generation later. And they're an oldie station and not doing anything. I mean, locally, their advertising was dropping off and nobody was listening to them. But, you know, 1980s, every... People had uh, started tuning into FM around 1969, and nobody was listening to AM, especially for music anymore by the time the 80s came along. So I spotted an opportunity, and I lined up a bunch of sponsors. And so I never had to uh, audition or apply for a job there or be interviewed or anything. I approached a uh, business management person and said, listen, I have all these sponsorships I want to show. They can't deny that. Uh, radio lives on sponsorships. Wow, you sold all these sponsors? Good for you. You can have any any show, any time period you want. So I took the overnight. And uh, most people know uh, I was a troublemaker. Yeah, well, uh, chatting. Hold on. I'm going to interrupt this story to bring you this brief uh, comment from the... Uh, re- repetitive ads like the stupid 80s commercial he- head on apply directly over the uh, directly to the forehead head on apply directly to the forehead I don't remember that <laughs> head on apply directly to the forehead head on <laughs> uh, yeah those work though anyway so I went to <laughs> NYG with uh, with sponsors already in hand and said I want to show and they said you know George and then I was a bad boy saying things and f-bombs got me in trouble a couple of times not always because i said them harry nelson uh in an interview dropped an f-bomb on me over the phone um and that got me in trouble a couple of times but then warren warren green was the program director warren green was still a holdover from the rock and roll days and he had this big old fake radio voice he even talked with it uh, a lot in conversation, like he forgot he wasn't on the air. And uh, basically, Warren called me into his office like he could scold me as if I was an employee. And he sat, I sat, I remember sitting in his office, he said, we didn't hire any Howard Stern wannabes, which I was offended by because uh, to me, I was nothing like Howard Stern. I was doing intellectual uh, interviews, <laughs> in my view, in my twisted thinking at the time, uh, doing intellectually based interviews and trying to have a sense of humor about it, and sometimes uh, got a little bawdy, little worked a little blue, but not, you know, blue for what AM radio would allow in those days, which is not like we weren't saying hard cock <laughs> like we, like we do on the podcast or cock sucking uh, i wasn't it didn't get that far i mean there were a couple of times when f bombs were dropped or uh anyway uh 
So Warren sat there and he, he lectured me and I took it for about 10 minutes. And when he was done, I said, listen, you think you can fucking fire me, dude? You think you're gonna, your lecture means anything to me? I'm the only one selling advertising on this whole fucking station. I own this joint. I could walk into old lady Ornstein, who, the owner of the program, <laughs> of station. I could walk into her office and have her sitting on my lap telling me that I'm the greatest genius in the history of radio in two minutes. All you are is a fucking figurehead employee, and I don't work for you. I work for me. And I relayed that story to Freddie uh, Cruz, who, who has been dealing with the politics of being in radio and being a mid uh, midday uh, guy in Houston. And he, he you know, to, I, I made a friend ahead of him instantly. I mean, he was very impressed by um, number one, the ability to sell advertising in a local market and get my own show that way, which was uh, a smart way to do it. If you're looking to get into radio, which I don't suggest at this point, I think you'd be better off getting the podcasting. That's a whole other conversation. But that you have the leverage when you do that. And the station, first of all, you're not an employee. Uh, you're working kind of as an independent contractor and own your own show, own your own intellectual property, which is great. And second of all, uh, you have when a program director wants to ball you out, you can just all, suck my dick, Warren Green. <laughs> Standing big and proud and sucking the mind dog's cock. Weird, WNYG, 1440 AM. Fuck you. I can say whatever the fuck I want. And eventually crossed the line. <laughs> and, and was booted out of there. And then blacklisted. Uh, not that I couldn't sell sponsorships and probably do that again, but I was kind of um, kind of depressed about actually, and the shock of that, I'm not too big to to get canned, uh, even though uh, I'm the only one making money. Now I have to say, once I left the station, being the only one bringing in sponsorships and money, they went on, under pretty quick. I ended up sen- uh, selling to a uh, Spanish speaking, so they have on AM. In an area that doesn't have um, a lot of a big Hispanic community, doesn't have. I mean, basically, it's not like there are. It's not. <laughs> it's not like New Mexico, on uh, Long Island, especially in the '80s. There was not a big Hispanic community, but they turned it into a Spanish-speaking talk show uh, format for going from playing 1950s music in the early 80s to Spanish-speaking talk show format. So we went from having, I don't know, hundred average of 150 to 300 maybe listeners a night uh, to probably about 10. <laughs> 10 people. <laughs> Seriously, that's not an exaggeration. I mean, nobody was listening to them. So they went on there big time. Anyway, we're talking to Freddie about podcasting and the future of radio. I'm pretty down on radio, but he kind of talked some sense into me in the fact that doom and gloom has always been part of the conversation. And he brought up, you know, uh, in the 90s when um, XM radio, before Sirius came along, satellite radio, they were saying that was going to be the death of terrestrial radio didn't happen 
Podcasting has been around a lot longer than people know. I actually had uh, uh, what is essentially a podcast back in 1996, 1997. But officially, I think it started being called podcasting somewhere around 2004, 2005. Uh, And I had my first podcast in 2008 were called a podcast so it's been around longer than most people uh realize but it's starting to really and i think you know again uh, i thought i'd get through a whole show without saying rogan but rogan had a lot to do with uh popularity of, of uh podcasting and the viability of it as a real uh, medium and of course Adam Carolla, another guy I don't like who also deserves a lot of credit for that. But now we're seeing um, everything I'm bringing up is uh, in my mind uh, something I don't like. Spotify signing these people for million dollar, hundred million dollar deals, and and in the in the area of a hundred million dollars, lots of people now, not just Rogan. Signing up these people for exclusive deals. Pandora's kind of getting on the box. Amazon Music is starting to see the power and uh, appreciation for podcasting as a medium uh, to reach uh, the mass media. So I think it is a threat to terrestrial radio. But again, to, to Freddie's point, the death knell of radio has been predicted for many Many times, even going back to, and I brought this up, the advent of television, long before video killed the radio star, actually television, back in the early 50s, late 40s, early 50s, television was going to be the death knell of radio. Didn't happen. So maybe I'm premature in that idea that radio, terrestrial radio, is not long for this world. But I wonder who's listening. In the cards, I mean, if commercial radio today especially in my market if you go up and down the dial and i haven't done it in a while but i, I it hasn't been that long i mean within the last year i've checked it out and um up and down the dial it's all this cookie cutter uh loud uh modern pop hip-hop and you know it's just that stuff that where the bass is just screaming out of the the speakers, and um, then you have all these commercials where they will get on an eight-minute commercial block uh, and loud. The commercial, the volume of the commercials kicks up, and they've got the commercials so much louder than the, the content. I can't imagine who's listening. So I wanted to know, who the fuck is actually listening to terrestrial radio today in their cars or where? I, don't, I can't imagine anybody in their home. Now, I know talk radio for politics and sports is doing well there's still these kind of niches i think those are the the, the two and that's that's my guess but i don't know that for a fact that those are the two strongest parts in radio right now but i can't imagine other than stuff like howard stern uh who probably still doing but he's, he's not on terrestrial radio he's on satellite radio uh who is those morning zoo shows, who's you know, or morning shock jocks. I don't even know. Uh, Christine would be a good person for me to ask about this. Who's actually listening? And of course, Tucson is a very different market. 
than New York, uh, and things are very different out where you are in the middle of uh, the flyover states. Probably very different here. Uh, what's it like where you live? Commercial radio. Viable? Is it worth listening to? Is it like here at all with the extreme noise commercials, eight-minute blocks, and just playing up and down the dial? Um loud music for young people. So I'm thinking it's just young kids that are listening to this stuff, right? People in the, uh, I'd say probably driving age, so wherever that is, you know, some 16 to 30, 30 tops are, are listening to commercial music on the radio. I don't know. Again, I don't want to say that I think it's it'll be dead, but definitely losing its effectiveness and power to... Um, attract a loyal and dedicated audience that will actually uh, engage in the stuff that you're promoting product-wise because it all comes down to the commerce at the end of the day. I got a, uh, Craig's got a comment here that's very interesting. When Kevin goes to Gallup, he can listen to KGAC. K-G-A-K, all Navajo all the time. All Navajo all the time is meaning what? Music? Navajo music? Uh, Rappler says, radio will be around till the FCC reassigns those portions of the EM spectrum. Um, after that, it'll just be pirate station. Uh, and why have a pirate station now? Because you can reach as many people podcasting. You really can. And I know people are already listening this to this in the cars, and we're not on Live 365 yet. People are already listening to this program in the cars. I get emails about it pretty much daily. I think all the kids now listen to phones via, yeah, via Bluetooth. So that's what I mean. Podcasting is, a, a, is taking over. Now, part of the thing with podcasting is, in order to do, uh, you can't do a show like this and do a, an effective music program uh, because of all the compression and shit that goes on in the background for this stuff. Because in order to uh, be able to accommodate everybody and all their Navajo talk radio, he says, uh, in order to accommodate all the <laughs> all the possibilities of the setups that people you interview might have because we have no control over the microphones and inputs that they're going to have and their volume levels and all that stuff. In order to control that in a live interview set, you have to put a great deal of compression and noise reduction and all that kind of stuff into the audio feed. So to do that and get good quality music out of it that is listenable in, in the car, that's a challenge. Now, you can turn that off if you're uh, running something like I do, turn off a lot of that compression and noise reduction. But you do so at a risk of if you have a guest on or somebody who calls in and their situation is not ideal, professional, uh, you're going to get a lot of feedback, echo, and break people's ears and all that kind of stuff. Levels will go through the roof. So in order to do that effectively, you really need to have a dedicated just music program, no interviews, none of, none of that stuff. Even call-ins can be questionable without that compression and stuff. 
being a call. If I should put the number up there in case anybody wants to call in. Whether if you're in your car right now, call from your car. <laughs> While you're driving, 631-496-6464. Uh, but yeah, uh, radio Navajo talk radio would be interesting. I mean, uh, how much can you talk about? Uh, is it a 24 seven? Uh, because I mean, what do you talk about all day long and all night long? There are that many issues to talk about in the Navajo, uh, nation. I mean, what do you talk about now? The white man screwed us over, uh, living on the red sucks. Um, okay, we got another 23 hours and 59 minutes to kill. White man screwed us over. Living on the res sucks. Okay, we got another 23 hours and 58 minutes to kill. I mean, wh- what the fuck do you talk about? All Navajo, all the time. Interesting. Uh, you got to be on the radio. I'll check them out today. Uh, I mean, on the internet. There's got to be an internet feed for that. K- KGAK, I think it was called. Yeah, K-G-A-K. Uh, all Navajo, all the time. I got to listen to it. Gallup is a beautiful, uh, it's kind of funny how when, you you know, you go from Arizona to New Mexico or back and forth, how you can definitely feel and experience a a change from going from the land of enchantment into uh, Arizona or or back. Um, You can actually feel a difference. I know it sounds kooky. Am I sounding kooky? But you can't. If you go from, like, um, New, New York to New Jersey, if you didn't know, if you nobody told you you were crossing the state line, pretty much the same. feels exactly the same. Even New York, Connecticut, in some ways, New York, Pennsylvania. It's just, it's all one kind of same feel. Northeast. Hey, uh, yo, uh, yeah, you doing? Yeah, I don't know how you doing. Um, but when you go from Albuquerque or from Gallup into uh, Arizona or back, definitely you can feel the difference. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's just me, and especially up there in the Four Corners area, where Colorado, uh, going from New Mexico to Colorado, you know, there's a slight cultural difference you can feel at least if you're not from the area it becomes apparent that well this is a little different um uh, just interested in your take on that kgak on the interwebs i'm gonna look that up right now while we're doing nothing again phone lines are open 631 496 uh Let's see what we get here. KGAC, 13.30 a.m., <laughs> not too far from 14.40, which I was on. Uh, I could play it now. Let's see. KGAC, wait, I can't put this on the air because uh, they would get very pissed if I did that. Uh, oh, my God. Oh my God! I uh, uh, sorry for the dead air here. It's uh, right now they have Indian chanting going on. Do I have to say? Should I say Native American chanting? Wow! Oh my God, that's painful. Um, 
Yeah. So, Craig, you you appreciate you you get it too. I mean, it's good to know that I'm not crazy, especially from somebody who lives there and can actually feel the difference. Yeah, it's very different. But again, if you were in New York going to New Jersey, you experience no change uh, other than knowing the paying the tolls. <laughs> uh Oh, I, I missed some stuff in here about the uh, Andy situation. <laughs> um, Craig, or B. Kevin, uh, no, where, where was that? About uh, Ken uh, shipping out the books. I believe Ken said yesterday he shipped out nine books. That means nine sales of money that's going to um, Andy for a good cause and helping him out. Uh, and that part of the cocksucker thing yesterday, game the guy was calling me uh, a hypocrite for uh, wanting to raise money for Andy, but uh, telling the other guy he couldn't use him as an ATM. I know I'm all over the place. I, I am every day, right? <laughs> Nothing new with me. There's a big difference, and I, I I'm in the way I'm treating both of us. First of all, Andy is not asking for money. People doing it at a, people who love Andy and know his situation are doing it uh, out of love for him and uh, because he means so much to those of us uh, who are are looking to help him out. Secondly, he's helping himself. It's not like he's just laying on his back, giving up and saying, "Can I use you as an ATM machine?" Very different situation where this uh, other person who was asking for money basically is laying out a situation doctors won't take care of me nurse told me i have two weeks to live nurse came to my truck like what are you in a drive-through nursing station and nurses don't tell you you have two weeks to live i mean so the story the story kind of raises a lot of red flags and makes me hesitant to want to help and i and all i was asking for was verification i said if if i am your last resort and it and everything he said checks out i would be glad to help raise money for the guy but after that i have not heard back from him i mean so he has access to internet he has the ability to write emails he's obviously got a home because uh, he can he said several times he couldn't leave home because he didn't have gas i sent him gas money he thanked me for that but he, other than that, he seems to his story. Other than his story not checking out, he also doesn't seem to be willing to lift himself up in any way. Very different from what we're doing. And so, and by the way, please visit minddogtv.com. In the blog section, you'll see the the most recent post was the thing about Andy with the uh, interview I did with him on Christmas Eve interview chat we had in the morning uh and please give to him now i i had some technical difficulties can't set up a button that directly um puts money into his venmo or paymail a paypal account so instead i just put the address where you can go to paypal or venmo and donate directly to andy that way i wish i could just put a button and make it easy for you apparently both venmo and paypal have a problem with that which is weird 
not like we're asking for access to your account so people could take money out. All we want, some people can um, be able to put a link so people can deposit or, or donate directly to somebody else's account on on PayPal or email or profile. You can't do that. For some reason, they stop you from doing that. It doesn't make any sense. But if anybody has any technical knowledge on how I might be able to do that and make it easier for people to donate, I'd appreciate some help on that because I tried to figure it out all day yesterday. No luck in setting up a button that will automatically, uh, instead of going to my PayPal account or my Venmo, I want it to go to Andy's. Can't do that. Anyway, I do hope you'll give to Andy because... Um, Healthcare insurance sucks in this country. It doesn't cover you when you when you need it. It only covers you when you don't need it. <laughs> you pay. Uh, we we all pay money into this stuff every week. Most people do, or every paycheck there, and and a lot of people are paying monthly. Whatever, uh, huge amounts of money to insurance companies, and then when you need them, they say uh, your deductible doesn't cover this. And at the end of the day, you're going to end up with a pile of debt that could leave you like bankrupt. For getting sick. And so Andy already knows, and he estimated, I think he estimated really low, that after all his surgeries and stuff, he was going to have, uh, you can just Venmo Andy, Andrew Andrist, or PayPal uh, Andrist Entertainment. The The link is in the blog, though, the, all, all the information to get it. I think preferable is the PayPal Andrist Entertainment, because at least that will be somewhat, um, and he's not going to have to pay taxes on that because it's seen as I, I and I or the the fees, the transaction fees on that one. Anyway, Venmo is fine too. If you want to send the money directly there, Venmo Andrew hyphen Andrist. Uh, I hope people will help out with that. But again, I think Andy underestimates the aftercare cost of this stuff because. Uh, it's probably just talking about what it's going to cost for doctors and hospital bills, but there's a lot of extra aftercare costs that will come in to effect. And, you know, nobody should go have be forced into bankruptcy because they had the audacity to get sick. That's what we're looking at. And that's what we're trying to help Andy. And uh, not only uh, that part of it, but Andy's also a giver. And he, he, he gives back to the world in a lot of ways. You know, I don't know if anybody follows uh, what he does on uh, Christmas Eve and dealing with the homeless and the sa- the sandwiches stuff he does in the summertime. Hey, not, there's no comparison to somebody who says, doctor said I'm going to die and I need you to send me more money every couple of days uh, type of email. There's no comparison to that. So uh, I I reject that. Uh, criticism of me heavily that I'm being hypocritical or playing it, uh, in, being inconsistent in how I'm dealing with those things. I love uh, to be able to uh, use whatever influence I have to be a positive force and to help people. And I would do that for anybody. And with the guy who was uh, writing, wanting to use me as his personal ATM, I would help him in a heartbeat. Again, I'm not asking for much. If his story is true, asking for uh, his doctor's contact, his caseworkers in in social services contact, all that stuff, just to first verify that his story is actually accurate and true. 
and then to be able to make some phone calls and pull some strings and get him carry needs before actually having to be a uh, endless strip of of cash for the guy. I don't think that's asking too much for me. Yeah, thank you, Craig. Get on the Mind Dog Patreon too. I know uh, I need to get back on delivering some special quality for the Patreon people. Uh, and I, New Year's Eve, if anybody's going to me, I, I don't know what I'm going to do for New Year. I have several shows I have to do during the day on New Year's Eve, and then they have a, a show at night. But I wanted to do a morning show and and thank the, the Patreon patrons uh, who have helped support. Now, I have to say, again, uh, none of the money from Patreon, from my Patreon, is, is p- for personal use. All of that money is going to uh, good causes in one way or another. Uh, I will decide those causes. So most, I, I have a variety of charities I give to different uh, causes. Some of them are uh, veteran related. Some of them are animal related. Some of them are um, basically uh, human services related. Um, but all of the, every penny that goes to my Patreon page uh, is being put to good use, not, not being used for, anything you know i'm pretty much self-sufficient these days somebody uh i guess one of one of the um i don't want to i don't know how to even describe it one of one of the people in bisbee who are very close to uh the head of the cult (laughs) accused me of of, uh being self-serving and trying to to um make somehow make money or use this as a tax shelter for myself or something i don't know what he was saying but it kind of accused me of doing some shady business here uh i I took a little bit of offense to that um i don't need anything i don't want anything uh my life i don't need money and people who know me uh no i don't give a shit about that kind of stuff for myself personally I mean, I got all all I need. I have a pension and Social Security and a sponsorship money coming in, uh, and drips and drabs and, you know, whatever it is. But I don't need anything. I'm pretty much okay. And I don't... Uh, the, I don't have any desire to make a lot of money or, or, you, or get involved in grift. You know, I have no need for it. Um, so when somebody accuses me of that, I take a, I take offense to it. I'm just trying to be a light in the world, man. I'm trying to do some good in the world. And um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And some some of my efforts, I have to admit, uh, feel kind of lame when um, so far to date, we've only uh, raised $110, $105, something like that for, for Andy's cause. I mean, I know it's only been a couple of days. That ain't going to cut it. And what he needs, but I'm going to still continue to do my best and try to try to raise some money for him and anybody else who needs help, but, uh, you know, uh, but not going to just let myself be an ATM for people. Uh, back to stuff worth talking about. Uh, it, NASA has paid millions of dollars to priests to uh, come up with a solution <laughs> on how to deal with aliens. NASA paying priests. I'm going to have to say it twice because it's just so fucking bizarre. Priests to come up with a plan on how to deal with aliens. 
And uh, I guess so far, all the priests have, uh, have come up with is let's fuck their young ones. Uh, let's let's commit sodomize <laughs> all the aliens who are under 18. I guess <laughs> let's make altar boys out of them and fuck them in the ass. I get, that's our solution. <laughs> and thank you, NASA, for spending those millions of dollars. I mean, what, what are the priests going to come up with on how to get, get them to pray, give them Bibles? Fucking mind-boggling. Uh, this is money we should be uh, demanding NASA get back for us. I mean, look, millions, when you talk about government spending, millions is nothing. Millions is pennies to you and me. But we should still get it back. I mean, why waste our money on that shit? And who, uh, do we get a say in this? That's my, do we get a say in how this money is spent? Because I guarantee you, uh, I would, there's a lot, I guarantee you this, there's a large portion of the population to say hell no we are not spending money on having priests tell us how to deal with fucking aliens uh but there they go just giving millions of dollars and who are who are who's getting the money is it the vatican i hope not not like they need fucking more money fucking crazy shit europa <laughs> they're saying uh, europa uh, might have life on it Europa, uh, if you're not familiar, Europa is a moon of Jupiter. Um, might have life on it, but a small bacterial life. You know, fucking life. Why do we? Why are we so obsessed with bacterial life? Because uh, it means that there might be other life forms out there. We know there's probably other life forms out there. We, how many billions, I mean billion, 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 would $100 billion did we have to spend to find out there might be bacteria on a moon around Jupiter living in, yeah, they better have fucking winter coats. <laughs> Back there. Uh, it's fucking cold in New York right now. I can't imagine how cold it is on the moon around Jupiter. <laughs> um, we're spending billions, hundreds of billions of dollars to find out what we already can assume, that there is life elsewhere in the universe. Well, elsewhere, probably even in our solar system. Some forms of life. If it's bacterial life on a, a planet that is, or a moon around a planet, imagine that living on the on the moon around Jupiter. I mean, what possibly, could, how far can it possibly evolve in those cold, lightless? Uh, not like the sunlight doesn't reach them at all, but the, the warmth of the sun is not not really for what you and I know. Um, not conducive to actually growing anything real. Anyway, the real thought leaders are holy men. Holy man, that's kind of funny. Uh, reminds me of bits that we used to do on the old radio show with the holy men stuff. Uh, real thought leaders are holy men. Uh, <laughs> elaborate, please. You're talking about the Dalai Lama or you're talking about Catholic priests? because <laughs> I don't know Catholic priests are holy men I think they're I don't know mostly pedophiles 
uh, prepped to us for the arrival. The crisis of face of grays are going to cause. Now, I think that's a racist comment uh, to call them grays. They're gray Americans, Craig. <laughs> Uh, or no, they're not gray Americans. What are they? They are, um, I don't know. <laughs> they're, but grays, I guess if, since we're, we're so caught up, we're calling white people whites and black people blacks, the grays fit right in there. <laughs> the grays believe that Desi and Lucy are the mother and father. <laughs> now, uh, if they have, uh, you know what? If they have the ability to receive uh, whatever we're putting out there and kind of uh, play it back, if they haven't, because we we assume that it's not just going to be white noise. Because tele- television, radio signals that are going out into space, uh, just like with SETI, when when they hear some noises, they can't figure out what the hell it is. I'm imagining if there is intelligent life anywhere out there that is getting these signals, they're probably saying, what the fuck is that? It's just, <laughs> oh, what, we need some kind of special player to play it back. Uh, anybody got a, a, a beta machine? We know one guy who has a beta machine. He probably destroyed that. I was thinking about that too. Uh, gray Uranians. <laughs> Uranians. <laughs> <laughs> great uranians yeah uh and what are the other ones so we have your grays you have your greens uh are there blues do we have blues um i don't know uh where was i going oh um about the, the beta guy and if you're if you're privy to i don't want to go down this whole road talking about the pedophile guy but the pedophile, you're, if you're familiar, if you know, you know. I'm talking about a pedophile who uh, taped a, somebody on beta many years ago. And I'm talking about the Andy documentary now where they set him up, set him up to be uh, videotaped and confess, sort of confess online. But then when he ran away, the guy, uh, I guess I have to, for, for the people who are not familiar with the situation, there was... Uh, Andy is known for talking about this for many years. Uh, it's part of his stand-up comedy stuff is that he was abused by a guy who beta-taped him when he was a boy. And then they confronted him. There's a documentary of Paul Provenders dragging his feet on, on releasing for whatever reason, or difficulties in putting the thing together in an efficient way. Or they're trying to make it funnier. And I don't think it necessarily needs to be like a belly laugh funny. Anyway, they're putting together this documentary where they taped the guy without kind of setting, they set him up. Stanhope called him and said he was, what do you say? Uh, he, he had, uh, he was a private investigator investigating his daughter's, uh, something to do with his daughter. And the guy showed up, of course, concerned. And it was a setup. And they got to tape him and, and asked him if he was sorry on tape. And he said he was sorry, which is pretty much um, for you and me, into, you know. We're not on a jury, but for 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 uh, purposes of you and me interpreting that, that sounds like a fucking confession to me. Got him to confess on tape, but then he ran away in the middle of this thing. Left his wife there, got in the car, and drove away, and left his wife there crying. 
And so my first thought was, Andy, Andy's thought was the guy went to destroy whatever tape and burn him. I'm thinking this guy, like most pedophiles, had to have shared this stuff. He had to have, at some point, uh, digitized it because we know for a fact, I mean, we hear about these cases all the time. These guys get off on sharing that stuff. That evidence probably still exists somewhere on some fucking pedo's hard drive somewhere. And I think if warrants were served on this dude for uh, tracing his internet history and all that kind of stuff through whatever internet provider he has, I think that stuff can be found and and kind of this guy could be nailed to the cross for <laughs> nailed to the cross. <laughs> Not like he's a, a martyr or a savior or anything. I mean, just really, really prosecuted to the hilt for what he did. I wouldn't doubt that. I mean, to to assume that he went to burn tapes, I don't. I doubt those tapes have existed for a long time. He probably uh, dumped them from beta into digital decades ago, decades ago. And I, that stuff doesn't ever because once you put it out there, it lives somewhere. Uh, you know, you share it with one pedo, he shares it with others. It's on hard drives. Think about that. There's evidence out there to be gathered. And we hear all the time about the, all these people uh, getting arrested for those cases on less than less than evidence than that. Point is, I think uh, there's still enough to prosecute this guy out, out there. Um, I think it's important for Paul to finish that documentary. I have reached out to Paul. I haven't heard back from him yet. I'm volunteering to do anything I uh, he needs me to do to help with that stuff. Just going to get another quick check at his KGAC radio and see if they're still doing this, what they were doing. Because <laughs> that, was, that was brutal. Uh, oh, my God. No, now they're playing something that sounds like Ronnie Millsap country. Well, that's certainly not talk, so I understand. There probably isn't a whole you know, a whole lot of Navajo issues to talk about to fill up 24-7, 365 radio. But right now they're playing some music, and it sounds very uh, Ronnie Millsap-ish, like 1980s pop country or something. Anyway, I wonder what their numbers are. Uh, uh, obviously, they have an internet radio station, uh, internet feed on it, and I think every radio station probably does now. Um, what their numbers could actually be on KGAC? <laughs> uh, AM radio out there. AM travels a long way out there because there's nothing to impede it. Uh, big sky country, not a lot of buildings in the way, not a lot of shit in the way of that radio signal. That'll go pretty far uh, until it hits the mountains and then it probably gets stuck in there and bounce back. Um, 1330, probably, let me see if there's a wattage on the station. Probably not, probably like about 5,000 watts or something ridiculously small like that. 1,000 watts. 1,000 watts. But still, even a 1,000 watts out there will probably travel pretty far, especially at night. If they're on at night and nothing to uh, 
uh, and Peter, uh, probably you probably hear that from a thousand miles away. Fourteen forty a.m. here, uh, not so much. We had a seven thousand watt station, and you couldn't hear that very far. Uh, we have some some guy in 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 the back here. It's uh, some some guy hiding behind his profile picture. Good morning, Carl. You hear you there, Carl? Can you hear me? Oh, Carl. Oh, Carl. I know you're there. I see you there. Come on. Were your mic muted? No, your mic's not muted. Something's going on, Carl. Anyway, Carl's sitting, sitting there, but he's not saying anything. He's being silent. Silent Carl. The commercials are fantastic on KGAC. I'm going to call him KGAC. K-G-A-K. Uh, I got to listen for some of the commercials. Again, I can't put them on air. I could probably could. Nobody would ever find that. It's not like I have millions of listeners listening to Coffee with the Dog. Private chat. We have calling the uh, Wi-Fi issue. Hang on. I'm hanging on. Anyway, hopefully we'll hear from the lovely and talented uh, call man. Uh, not the one of Sun Records fame, but the one of uh, comedy fame in... Oh, we just lost him. Uh, in the UK, uh, hopefully he'll chime in again. Uh, get get on the internet. Fuck that Wi-Fi. Fuck that Wi-Fi, Carl. Anyway, uh, as I was saying, maybe I could actually play those commercials and nobody would ever fucking know about it. But I'll be respectful. That's their content. I don't want to step on them. Go to KGAC uh, radio station online and listen for your own self and see what it's all about. I'm going to listen to their commercials today in between doing what else I have to do. Today I have a guest on the Mind Dog TV program that's going to talk to me about leadership and influence. You know I'm interested in influence. I talk about it all the time. Uh, there's that call guy again. There he is. Can we hear him? No. Good morning. Yeah, you can. Oh, you scared me there. I wasn't expecting to he hear your lovely voice. How are you, my friend? Sorry, Daddy. I am, I am, I am good. No, I was streaming a game and something else, and probably you and my uh, family Wi-Fi could not handle it. There we go. You're a gamer, Carl? No, football. Oh. Soccer. Oh, soccer. Oh, soccer. <laughs> no, football. I, um, yeah, I just wanted to call in quick because I... I've recently got a job at my bookie, and I've got to say that the way that you advertised our company this morning was nothing short of disgraceful. Um, uh, all we want, all we want is the families to lose their home at Christmas. It's all we want, ultimately. I mean, what's, we don't like our families anyway. What are we uh, trying to do? I apologize. Campbell. I apologize to your company. Now, you just signed up. You just got the job this morning. Congratulations. I, I guess are in order. Thank you very much. I'm in charge of the bet on the outcome of uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're betting on podcasts now. We're betting on which podcast will be the next to make it to the moon. Uh, well, that's interesting. Um, and, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, my, my dad was a bookie. And he, uh, he almost lost the house a hundred times. And but we were rich and we were poor, depending on how the teams did every week. And so it was a very stressful time for me as a kid to to deal with. My dad had bags of money one week, and then we were kind of selling the house. <gasps> this car, you scared me. You can't right. just... it's, 
I'm an old man. The face, I, I, I know the face is terrifying. Shall I do this? No, no, no. I, I love seeing your, your handsome face. It, it just startled me that you just jumped in like that, though. My pacemaker is not ready. You have to give me a little advance notice saying three, two, one or something. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, booking stuff. It's it's kind of ironic that I'm I'm pushing gambling. Now, betting on television. Do you have any idea what people could actually be betting on on television? It has to be. It has to be reality, right? Um, has to be reality shows. Uh, stuff that's stuff that's pre-written can be uh, finagled, right? You know, you know, a script editor, you know, someone who serves tea on set. So, so they're going to work the system. So, like, I'm going to. I'm a script writer, and I want to. I want to cash in. I'm not getting paid enough for my script writing for television, so I'm going to uh, put a place a bet on uh, Friends. I don't even know what the com what the big shows are now. Uh, not Friends. <laughs> no, I know. I'm, I'm 30 years behind. I guess. Whatever. I'm right, and so I'm going to have these cat two characters end up in a gay relationship, and then go quickly to my bookie and place a bet on that. And and yeah. hedge my bets, so that's a good system to come up with. Yeah, to beat. I'm sure there are punish. I'm sure there are punishments for it. But if someone can get away with it, yeah, they're going to turn gay. So put my house on it now. You know, one of the guys speaking, and maybe you know about this because I invited T Dr. Todd Grande on the program, and he's a, a forensic uh, psychologist, I guess. And I guess that's what he is. He does a analysis of cases on YouTube. He has a YouTube channel. And yesterday he was discussing a case in the UK where a guy beat the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire uh thing with a, a coughing are you aware of this a coughing scandal yeah yeah it was a long long a long time ago i think it was some retired army guy right I think, you, you... yeah and it, there was a, a sort of cough from someone in the audience i think to tell him which answer to go for and he won i think he was one of the first winners as well yeah um and then it was a big case i can't remember the details it was a long time ago but yeah it happened Apparently, that guy has scammed a lot of uh, of uh, game shows over there. So I'm thinking maybe my bookie, that is kind of a thing where, you, again, that's reality in a way, too. Game shows are a reality. But you can bet on, I guess, contestants and how they're going to do on, on this stuff. And I get the feeling this guy's a dummy, so I'm gonna, let's give him odds of 15 to 1 and that kind of thing, no? Yeah, I would think so. Who's getting voted off? Who's going to you know touch each other when the cameras aren't looking? Yeah. Um, so uh, and politics, I you know, again, politics, betting on politics just seems like a you got to be really fucking it's hardcore weird. gambling. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen I've seen, um, you know, winners of elections and stuff. Um, and I almost I think I might have even put money on Trump winning because I thought he would uh, <laughs> last time. But it, it wasn't a lot. It was like token. But yeah, that was just because I was probably drunk at the time. But yeah, no, uh, um, politics I, is a weird one. I um I hate to keep saying his name because he thinks I'm obsessed with him already. But Stanhope, I saw him on a uh, uh, interview in Australia where he said uh, he had predicted Trump's when he said, "I should have bet it. I should have bet it." Uh, and a lot of people probably felt that way, like they had a a, a sneaky suspicion Trump was going to win in 2016, and after he did, I should have bet it. So obviously. Uh, this idea of betting on gambling is not new. Uh, on politics is not new. I'm, it's just new to me. But pretty. Yeah, pretty it's, not some, it's not something I would think of. I, I rarely gamble. I, I gamble on sports occasionally, here and there, but small amounts as well, you know, like tiny five, ten, 
15, you know, small, small, small amount. Right. Sometimes on videos, but I'm, I'm never going to put a grand down. Uh, Not for me. What's going on with you in podcasting this week? Are you doing any shows this week? Uh, there were no plans, but I, because it's a bit, everyone's all over the place, you know, visiting family still. I am. Um, I'll speak to Jamie tomorrow or so, and we'll probably do something. It'll probably be around New Year or. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll let you know. We'll let you know. But we'll, we'll be back very soon. Uh, if you're going to um, go to my bookie today, you're going to bet on whether the non-Epstein podcast <laughs> is going to air this week. Uh, I'm laying at odds of 50, 50 to 1. Yeah, it's probably good It's probably good odds. We've got until, what, Friday night and midnight, that New Year? Yeah, yeah. What do you do we'll What do you do for New Year's? Do you got, got plans for it? Zero plans because we didn't know if it was going to go ahead because so they just announced today there'll be no new restrictions for New Year, so we can do what we like. Uh, go party is the government advice. Interesting. Um, here it's kind of the opposite. There are all new restrictions, but they're loosening up on on the time you need to be quarantined and all that kind of stuff and mass re- uh, recommendations and all that kind of stuff, but they are talking yeah. about some minimal lockdowns and shit. I, th- uh, I think it's, it's probably it's probably just a bit of, not that I want to talk about COVID, but it's probably just a bit of fear. Like what we've found so far is that the new variant is quite mild, So it's, it, but it might still infect a lot of people. So that's when you might have more hospitalizations. But right now we're just saying, it's looking all right. Go ahead. Maybe there'll be some minor restrictions in the new year. You would um, think my bookie would get on this. Like uh, when, when are we? Come on, my yeah. bookie. Yeah. Well, I should call them. They're, they're my employer now, so. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll email I'll email in a minute. I'll email Jeff at my bookie. Uh, he runs the COVID department. The COVID department. Well, I was thinking about what's the next uh, pandemic that's going to come down. Can we bet on that? Like, and what what's it going to? Uh, what's the death count going to be on the next pandemic that comes down the down the pike? Well, you'd hope the next one would top a couple of million. You know, it would uh, get right up there, and it would be more instant. You, People would have their brains just fall out of their eyes. You could do like an under over, like an under over type of bet betting system on that. Um, they want you to pull a chain. What is that chain, really? That's not a toilet right behind they you. Said right? sort of, they said this. This is my childhood bedroom because I've killed my parents and now live in the house. And this is a. Uh, this is just a light. Ah. It's just it's just to access while you're laid in bed. But so if if you uh, could get it going like this, so we can hypnotize people while, and I'm going. Sure, sure. Hang on. What do you want to tell them? Uh, what do you want to tell them? Well, first of all, I want you to relax and uh, focus on the pendulum. As the pendulum moves across the screen, I would like you to think, uh, make a list, of, if you will, of people you admire, uh, would like to be like in any way or in some way respect. And this could be a list of fictional characters, real people, uh, influences in your life. And you might have any number on your list. You might have 10 or 9. Get your dick out. Get your dick out wherever you are. Get out. 7, 6, 5, 4. And while we're waiting. That was... uh... Yeah, no, I was well, just that's, that's going to be weird for people listening. <laughs> I know. I was, I was it was kinda, a visual. It was a visual. It's a visual, it's yeah. Sack. It was actually ca- called ball sack uh, swinging back and forth across the screen, and I was talking to his ball sack. Yeah, well, you know, it's Christmas, kind of. Right. Now, your, your buddy Jamie's got a problem there. Uh, just, I'm Which, not one? Sure. Which one? The, the painkiller addiction? The alcoholism? The, 
Oh, I wasn't aware of the painkiller addiction. Like, thank you for, for sharing that with us. No, uh, I had talked to him about my ball sack because I'm an old man, as you know, and uh, my ball sack hangs pretty low. But he said his are halfway, halfway to his knees already. And at 35, I think that's premature ball sack uh, gravity. Uh, so I, I think that needs to be addressed because at 35, they shouldn't even really be like out, out of your briefs. Uh, or boxers, really. I mean, really. Well, I think I, th I think the journey can start. I think the journey can start. You know, the journey, the journey, the journey's begun for many of us yeah. around that kind of age. It's not, it's not crazy, but it's noticeable. It's like, huh? That? Oh, that's yeah. different. That's different. They they do start to drop, but I, I didn't notice them dropping until like 50, 55, I think. I think when my first AARP uh, email, uh, snail mail came saying I was eligible for uh, American Association of Retired Persons, uh, that's when I noticed my balls were beginning to drop. But I think 35 is way premature. You kept uh, them tight, so I'm, I mean, it's impressive. It might be all the plastic that we're consuming, because doesn't it? Isn't it reducing penis size like in our lifetime? Like all, yeah. all the crap we're eating, right? Sperm count. So maybe it's making your balls drop early. Penis size. Uh, you know, somebody said. Uh, I guess. Oh, the greatest uh, Rogan conversation ever is on YouTube. It's it's a three minute piece, and it's called the greatest conversation in the history of Joe Rogan. And they were talking about steroids and penis size, and there's whoever his guest was, I didn't recognize the guy, was talking about an autopsy they did on a guy who was a, a steroid user, and they turned out he had, like, an enormous cock. And uh, the nurse said, or, or, who was the or, or attending nurse in the autopsy said that was due to steroids. Now, how, do, how she could know that? Uh, did she know the guy before when he had a little cock? I don't know. But the idea... Maybe. They were fascinated, and because Rogan was asking... For he was his idea was that you can't take it. There's nothing you can take to have a bigger cock. Now that seemed to me a, a giveaway there that Joe was talking about his own personal situation because this is the medical treatment he was most wanting to see in life is how to get a bigger cock. Um, for a guy who can suck his own, I don't think that really should be a problem. But the thing is, I think we're obsessed with big cocks because I can t I can I tell am. you. I got a big cock, but for many years, I did not know how to use it. And when I finally figured out how to use it, it was probably too late for me to make and monetize it in any real um, significant way. So the, the size of a cock is not really – I think we're obsessed with, with size rather than technique. What is your take on that? Yeah, I mean, if you're walking around with like a 13 inch, it might sound cool or look good on Instagram, but at the end of the day – Where's it going to go? It's not going to fit in many places. Right. Well, my wife says that women are always staring at my crotch. She thinks, she, she thinks, she says uh, it's like a girl with big tits. When you have a big cock, that women are always staring at your crotch. Uh, I never noticed that until she said it. Uh, now I'm uh, acutely aware of that. So when I'm talking to a woman, I'm kind of uh, trying to find. Do you do you experience that? People, women. I don't. I, I don't. I don't notice things like that. I just walk on. Um, Head, head straight forward, no eye contact with anyone. Um, okay. <laughs> really? Well, this is the problem, Carl. Now, you have to act, you have to be more of a social animal. And if you're going to uh, experience the, the full out that life has to offer us, you have to you have to find out. You have to interact with the mankind a little more. I'm social. I'm social. But at the moment, I'm thinking it's 
25% of my awake time, I'm socializing in some way. Um, I should maybe increase that a little bit. But yeah, 75%, it's my own, I'm just talking to myself all day. That's how I like it. I'm not debating anyone else. I'm having arguments with myself. <laughs> as soon as you bring someone else in, I don't want to discuss with someone what to eat or what to watch. I hear you. That's 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 a problem for me. You watch a lot of television because I I don't have television except for streaming services. I watch on a computer every once. Oh time. yeah, real re- real TV is gone for me. It's, it's when I go back to see my parents and they're trying to tune the TV. So what you do it? Yeah, I've got all the streaming stuff and I'll watch it in person. Sometimes I don't get time for weeks, and then sometimes I'll sit on a Sunday and just that's it. Yeah, I'm just gonna catch up or try and catch up on stuff. But yeah, not not really. Saying you're not a com- you're not a commuter. You basically work from home, right? You you don't commute to an office or anything. I mean, my bookie. Right, I'm talking I, about. I, my bookie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at home for now, and then we'll see what happens next year. But I'm largely from home. But I will be moving city soon, so we'll figure out. So when it comes to the discussion be. I was having before about terrestrial radio and car stuff, yeah. you you don't get even exposed to that because you don't even have to leave really and get in your car too often. <laughs> yeah. Um, Radio is pretty much, I hear radio if I go to someone else's place and they've got it on, or if I'm someone else's car and they've got it on. I kind of left radio alone a long time ago as well. Um, yeah. So I, do I, you... yeah, I think people people in offices or warehouses and stuff you have it at work. You know, if you work in a warehouse, they'll stick it on loud normally. Oh, my God. I forgot about that existence. You know, there was a day, in, I get, you know, when I was a young man, I had jobs like that where you're working yeah. uh uh, shift and and the radio is on for everybody to listen to. Yeah, I yeah. I just think most people have their own headphones on now, even in in all, in workplaces like that. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It's earbuds all the way. So I I don't even hear. I haven't had any Christmas songs, so I have my earbuds in all the time. So I'm just in my own little space, either a murder podcast or music, um, and then 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 away. But yeah, I do warehouse jobs as well, and it sucks. I just list in boxes and illegally teach myself how to drink drive a forklift uh when i was 20 <laughs> that's um, a scary I was good. that's a scary Listen, I, was, I was good i they had a world cup and that you could have beer in the morning to go and watch a game and i wanted to work and uh i taught myself to drive the forklift because they wouldn't put me into the training and after two months i mean i was i crashed into some stuff and could have killed some people but after <laughs> after a few months i was better than the guy that had done it for 30 years this old guy in his 60s he was crazy um so yeah, I I just taught myself, and they never ask they never ask questions. Okay, if the big boss saw me, he'd tell me to get out. But once he was out, I, I was on that thing. Uh, that is In so different, completely different from my experience. Because any place I ever worked where they had a forklift, they, nobody talked about training. I mean, basically, first they go get the forklift and, and move that pallet that's eighty feet up in the air, and and you know, but. You were expected to know, basically, be born with the idea of how to operate the thing. And if you couldn't, and you ended up killing somebody, eh, well, insurance will take care of it. <laughs> yeah, there was no, there was no health and safety though. So I used to climb forty feet in the air up the side of the the racks and throw boxes down. Or when you ride the forks, you jump on the front and they send you up, and then you're <laughs> pulling boxes down and coming back, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I was responsible for a lot of fuck-ups in my life, on-the-job on, on fuck-ups. Uh, I never killed anybody, but I definitely caused oh. a lot of damage in, in companies when I was young, and, you know, property damage especially, 
some injuries yeah. and things like that. So, but safety. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> and I'm not necessarily um, gifted when it comes to mechanical stuff, or you know, that's not my fortitude. <laughs> my, my strong. It's in it's in it's in the past for me. I used to work manual stuff all the time, and then even for my dad for a while, um, building uh, construction and stuff. Uh, but so, but that that's gone for me now. That has gone. I, I sit on my ass nearly all day, whether I'm working or writing or doing podcasts. That's most of my time. So. The days of lifting stuff and moving it around, forget it. I move, I move a couple of things and my back's hurting and complaining. You know, um, I, I don't know if you know Andy Baker. Do you know, are you familiar with Andy Baker? Another fat guy cooks on YouTube. Uh, he, he's a UK. Uh, another, fat, another fat guy. Uh, let me Google. I might know by face. I don't know his name. Andy Baker. That's his, uh, his, um, show is another fat guy cooks on YouTube. Anyway, he's a UK guy. And he's over in Phoenix, Arizona right now. Uh, I know he's traveled over there. So uh, the reason I even brought him up uh, with kind of, uh, I know you have plans on coming to this hemisphere uh, in 2022. Uh, what, what, what is that looking like? Or just, just going to South America or? You... Um, both, both. I mean, probably, um, I'll probably go to South America first. Um, that's it. Well, the Southern Hemisphere. I believe you're in the same hemisphere. Um, I'm just crossing continents. I think is that right? Is that my geography correct? Yeah. I'm hoping to go to South America pretty soon. It obviously depends on COVID, but things are looking okay. So in the next three months, and then the US will be, I would guess, September, October, fall. I would think that would be okay. when I would appear there. Yeah. Well, if you're going to come to New York, September is the best month weather-wise ever. Uh, to be in New York. And so if that's on your plans, you should definitely kind of think in, the, in those terms. Because in, in the United States, you kind of almost have to kind of have weather in your mind uh, because, you know, uh, this this time of year, if you were going to go to North Dakota, for instance, that would totally suck. Or any of those places where, uh, it, you know, winters are really brutal. Uh, so you have to kind of take weather in, into consideration with U.S. travel plans some extent yeah especially crossing states right because i've been to new york in september and florida and i've been to i think it was october when i was in la and arizona and that was pretty warm, especially arizona for me that that was a bit tough um outside not that i spent much time outside but what hot yeah so it, yeah, it was like again i can't convert it but we spoke no. about it before it's the same same temperature as la but in la we had the sea at least you've got the sea unless you're in the um valley You've got the sea and that kind of stuff. Um, but in Arizona, there was just nothing. It was just dry. Yeah. You and I, it was, it's, so, it's different from what I experienced, especially over here, just seasonal in the UK. If, if that kind of stuff bothers you, I tell you, you don't want to go to Vegas in July. I've, I've been in yeah. Vegas in July. It was 100 and, 125 degrees. Uh, yeah, yeah. And at 11 o'clock at night, you walk out of the casino onto the street and feel like you were walking into an oven at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> very, very strange uh, experience. Um, anyway, I hope I hope I get to uh, spend some time with you if you come to the States this year. Uh, as far as comedy. Well, guys, all, 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 almost certainly. Almost certainly. We'll figure it out. I'm sure I'll have a spare couple of days right. between, you know, rounding up hookers and... Uh, gambling and eat, selling the homeless for meat, whatever it is that I do when I come out there. Yeah. And now, uh, as far as comedy, do you have anything lined up for 2022 or you uh, basically take it as it comes? 
take it as it comes for now, people are starting to look into that because, again, it was all uncertainty what was going to happen in, in January and February. Um, I'm definitely taking time off late February anyway uh, to travel. So I'm going to probably be able to get a few things in mid to late January and, yeah, early February. So nothing, nothing right now. But I'll work on that next week. This week I wanted a complete nothing, no admin for anything, no booking anything, no thinking about any life problems. So that's what I'm having. It's a, a rare treat. Is it like a, a, a home vacation for you this week? You're not working? You're just uh, taking it easy? Nothing, nothing, doing nothing. So I, just family, and then the next few days, I'll probably go and see some friends. A lot of that few, going on this time of year, yeah. And that that's what makes, yeah. it, you know, I I'm not, wasn't even sure if it was worth uh, having uh, a show this week because of, because of that. It seems like a lot of people are just, like, really disconnected. This is a week to kind of recoup from 2021 and kind of uh, get your yeah. bearings again or try to get ready for another round. Yeah, make some make some plans this night. I can wander around, you know, my old childhood homes and just make some plans for next year. And they'll probably, they'll probably all fall to shit. Right. right as we go through, I'll just watch them die as we go through the year, but make some anyway. See what happens. Yeah, you, you mentioned uh, watching the soccer game before. Now it, it's afternoon there. Do they have weekdays, weekday events, or is it, are you watching a tape? Or, or no, it's the, over the Christmas period. They they fit a lot of fixtures in, so we play the day after Christmas. When we play, there's like three sets of games between Christmas and New Year. So it's every two days, three days, the teams play. Oof. Excuse me, for whatever reason. So, yeah, I just had a stream on. So, over this period, they're on in the daytime because a lot of people aren't working still. Um, and the fans are kind of rabid with, with that sport, right? They can turn nasty, um, at least from what we hear. I mean, I don't know. I shouldn't talk about shit I don't know. But what I understand or I've been led to understand is that at every soccer game in the UK that a riot will, is sure to break out at some point. No, I think that's uh, that's probably an old. That's not so true anymore. I think in the eighties and maybe early nineties, there was a lot of that. Um, almost every big game will have some small trouble. There'll be pockets of it, but it'll be fights. It'll be six people in a in a take takeout shop or uh, you know outside a pub. It's not right. as organised as it was. I'm sure some clubs do have it, but. It's, the police deal with it so well now. There's so many police at these games. There's cameras everywhere. Um, it's not what it was. You can't find these alleys to run down and have 30 people against 30 <laughs> people with chains and bottles. Because it did happen over here. It was big. But to be honest, it's kind it's kind of disappeared for the most part. Uh, hooliganism is all there. And, uh, uh, who are you with the big? Who are you a big fan of? Which uh, which soccer team? Which my one? team is uh, Tottenham Hotspur or Spurs. They're also known as. Um, when I went to New York, there was a, a Spurs bar in Brooklyn that I found. So yeah. it's all U.S. Spurs supporters. It's quite big. They actually have um, a Jewish ownership chain from way back. And I think, obviously, the New York Jewish population got on board with that as well. So it's really weird. I went to a bar at 10 a.m. in Brooklyn. And, yeah, they're, they're just watching the game and really involved. It's really strange for me to see, but good as well to see people from the States. You know, yeah, some of the terminology is a little bit different, but they're into it. So. Yeah, they, we don't really understand the game, but people here don't even understand our own games. Like you talk, you, I know many hockey fans who don't know fucking anything about the rules of the game, but they are rabid hockey fans. They they cheer like they know what's going on. But with soccer or football, as you call it, 
over here. I mean, it it's not a national sport. People don't. But when World Cup happens, it's like fucking insane. I mean, and yeah. especially in New York City. I mean, it the whole new, all of New York City becomes World Cup mania. It goes on, and I don't understand how you cannot pay attention to it almost all year long. And then when this one event happens, all of a sudden you become huge soccer fan, football fan. I know, I know it, but I, th- I think having said that, it's never going to be one of your main national sports. But in the last twenty years, it seems to have grown a lot. There's a lot more US fans, yeah, um, get online, you know, doing shows and stuff. Even about my team, there's US channels, and it seems to it seems to have grown a lot. It's never going to get up to baseball, basketball, football, your football, right. um, but it, I think it's it, it's grown. Uh, I think I don't know take- how much they're engaging with it. I think it will eventually take over um, the. Uh, I was getting a call there for, and I'm not going to put him on the air. It's because uh, it was going to be revealing. Um, but um, I think it will overtake baseball in in the, in the states at some point because baseball is on a decline. And for probably now two generations, we've we've been indoctrinating our young people to be soccer players instead of, you know, in, in the old days when I grew up, it was little league and you wanted to play baseball. Now our youth, it becomes soccer players. So they, they, they know the sport better. And so I'm assuming at some point it's going to take off as a commercially viable uh, thing in, in the United States. But for you, does your fanship uh, pre- present a conflict of interest with your new position as the, um, the head of gambling over at mybookie.com and using the co- promo code MindDog or uh, and call it call is a gambling uh, uh, that's an awful long promo code. Call is a gambling addict. Yeah, and that will get you uh, three years relief from when they come to take your house if you okay. just click that now. Um, it, let's not lose the sponsor for you today, though. But uh, I don't. Uh, you know what? I think I made it clear that yeah. as long as I'm as long as I'm pr- selling product or or bringing in the bucks, you can really say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I can't. Well, I'm gonna. <laughs> I've I seen. Mean, I've seen some. Pod- I've seen some podcasts lose. Bill Burr lost. Uh, I think Sherry's berries. <laughs> really? For <laughs> there was a point with puffs. These guys. Uh, it's uh, CBD. But it was my sponsorship at one point. And what this is, is it's marijuana that doesn't get you high, really. But it, it smells really good. And what I, when they were a sponsor of mine, uh, I would say, come on the air and say, it's kind of like non-alcoholic beer. I mean, it's no good for, it, it serves no purpose in my opinion. But I bought this, and I think you should too, because marijuana is illegal here. And if you want to drive around with this in your pocket, so if a cop ever questioned you, says, what's that smell? You could always say, well, this is legal. I got this. <laughs> and get off, get off on it. And so that was my my live read pitch. And they never had a problem with that because I sold units for them. So basically, you could denigrate their product completely. Say it's shit. I wouldn't smoke it, but I buy it just to have with me as an out. And that was fine with them. <laughs> well, there are there are there are categories of companies that are going to be more like a company that's selling knockoff weed is going to be a little bit more understanding than I don't know someone selling bleach or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, who, yeah. who knows? But um, aren't you going to get shot if you put your hand in your pocket and go, "Well, look here, look here, <laughs> officer. You see." Yeah, yeah. So buy puffs and get uh, shot in the head. Well, now it's legal here. So now it's legal here. So that pitch makes no sense at all. So. But and I still have this thing. It smells good. It smells like good weed, but it's just I don't get the purpose of 
why you would smoke pot without wanting to get high. I mean, uh, that and beer, non-alcoholic beer too. Now, as a guy who enjoys a good beer, I would mm, I want to okay. get your I want to get your perspective on that non-alcoholic yeah. beer. Uh, would it? Yeah, would no, that... no, no. I trained when I was seventeen, and I went into a pub. I'd always drank some beer, but I had to train myself for months to like the strongest beer that they sold. Horrible, horrible. But me and my friends would sit around and we'd drink lots of it until we liked it. And it took a long time to train for that. Wow. So all, so now I, I like many beers, many types of beer, and, you know, appreciate a nice craft beer. But, yeah, no, a non-alcoholic beer, I guess I guess if you really have to give up after, you know, running over a child, and now you've got to stop drinking, but you still want to be around the boys. But for me, it's about the gradual descent into madness for me. Even if you just take one toe into that, even if it's one or two beers, you just twist your reality a little bit, twist it a little bit. Right. Um, that's what it. That's what it's about for me. Just just change things a little bit. And then of course sometimes I've gone too far, and I'm trying. I'm trying to work on that. Right. Uh, whiskey, whiskey, whiskey or beer? Do you have a preference? Would you rather be, uh, or do are you one of these guys who starts with beer, gets a little buzz on, and then switches to whiskey? Yeah, that's the kind of traditional move: couple of beers, then to whiskey. But then accidentally, I drank whiskey beer on that podcast the other week, and I I thought, yeah, that was an accident. I think that contributed to smacking my head the next morning and all the rest of it. So I'll try and I'll try and. Vocational hazard, uh, part of the, the game. If you're going to get into it, you have to understand the the possible pitfalls of, of the uh, game you're involved in, and that is certainly a, a possibility at all times. So I would be. So uh, I, I love a beer and I love a I love a bourbon, but yeah, I try not to mix them too much. But bourbon's nice. I could, I could, you know, go. I'll just have a few of those tonight. But then after a couple, it starts to just taste more and more almost like water so it's almost like oh this is just easier to drink now and then each pour gets bigger you don't notice having a good time and then you've drunk too much so yeah that's that's this is my therapy now this is my first aa therapy right here yeah out west i know they have uh or they used to i don't know i haven't been out there in a while but they had 3.2 beer which is kind of like low alcohol beer not no alcohol beer but it's yeah. it tastes like piss yeah it's it's not we have it too. We have it too. We have we have a range of Carling, the original Carl, but they're about three percent. But on your like Bud Lights and that kind of stuff, Ew. about three three point five. I, I never drank a light beer. I I can't. Yeah, I, I can't. It's like no. What's the point, man? Uh, like... You've got to drink. You've got to drink twenty. To... <laughs> yeah. Well, I I had to drink about fifteen twenty Bud Lights when I was in Florida once. But I've got to drink these all night. <laughs> yeah, just to get slightly out of control. Yeah, and no. I only uh, crashed the car once. So, so that uh, uh, that exactly the point. I mean, would you rather drink seven real beers or have, force yourself to drink fifteen? Because you know you're not going to just drink seven light beers and say, "Oh, yeah. well, that's enough." Uh, no, you're going to want to get the same effect, but you have to drink twice as much, piss twice as much. So, are you really doing yourself and, and it costs twice as much? So, are you doing yourself yeah. any favors with that? No. I guess if your tolerance is lower, but being, you know, having the genes of a full blood, I've got Irish, Scottish, and English, and it's a little bit of German. It's all part of a global conspiracy blood. to make men more women-like. That's what I, that's my... <laughs> probably. That's probably exactly what it is. So also buy Bud Light, bet on my bookie, work for Puffs, 
You know, but Bud Light is not uh, you know, even Bud. I used to be a Bud drinker, uh, and I know I'm I'm past my uh, end time here. But uh, I used to be a Bud drinker. Now I'm a, a Modelo. I was a Corona, Corona drinker until see COVID happened, and it was called Corona. And I said, well, I can't drink Corona now because uh, <laughs> it sounds like I'm sponsoring a virus. Modelo is uh, great. Modelo is great. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's my yeah. favorite beer. And I love the little bottles because you're still getting the same amount, but in a little bottle, you don't feel like you drank as much. <laughs> like I love, because I'm obsessed with Mexican food. So to go a Me- Mexican and a Modelo, a little lime in the top, like a little, you know. Yeah. You know what the lime is about, don't you? No, most um, people don't is it know what about, the lime is. Is, people, it a, is it a signal to men? No, it isn't. What the, the lime is, if you go to Mexico, and you should know this being a South American traveler, I'm surprised you don't know this. Uh, if you go to Mexico, yeah, uh, they are often, if you're in a bar down there, they have trouble with flies, house flies. And the idea of right. putting the lime in the in the beer uh, thing was to keep the flies out of your beer. Right. Uh, so that that's the purpose of it. But in America, that got lost, and people just think, "Well, it's about the taste and all." And they shoved the lime into the beer. Like, wait, no, that's not the purpose of it. It's supposed to be like a cork to keep the pests out of your beer. It's <laughs> well, I know. Lime, lime goes well with enchiladas, right? So it it actually does make the beer taste a little better, a little different. I I I find that so that's a a mistake that worked out well for consumers. There we go. I should let you wrap up because I, I meant to come on here just for a few seconds yeah. and talk about my cookies. No, hey. I, I, I love you, and I'm, I'm 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 glad you did. And do this every once in a while. I mean, don't don't be a stranger. Pop on, and don't don't think you just have to pop on for a couple of seconds. Although you're welcome to. You're welcome to say, Matt, I love you. I just wanted to say something stupid and fuck you. I'm busy now. Bye. I'm cool with that too. So it's always so en- it's always so enjoyable, is what it is. And hopefully, I was a bit more awake than last time because last time I was just yeah weird don't beat yourself up over that you were perfect on that call i would (laughs) i would never i think you're too hard on yourself (laughs) i I judge your performances on on how much i enjoy it and i enjoy talking next next time i'll come um immediately after shooting up with heroin and we'll see how it goes somebody's cooking some food around here all right i'm gonna go because i'm gonna go uh find out what's cooking all right have a great day call or evening and yourself yeah bye for now Call man, folks. Uh, we're ending up the program. I'm over time. I appreciate you all being here with me. Uh, I have a show today at 1 o'clock. Uh, I don't remember the guy's name now. <laughs> Alex. Oh, Alex Tremble uh, will be with me. Alex Tremble. The walls will tremble. The world will tremble. I will be trembling today at 1 p.m. I hope you'll join me. We're going to find out about leadership and influence, all those things interested in the leadership aspect of it well thanks for joining me uh, hopefully i'll see you tomorrow uh till then i'm matt napo for coffee with dog coffee with dog uh bye for now oh i want to leave you with a little of uh i usually end with turn on your radio yeah let's go with the uh, little church on some Yeah, yeah.
trucks and get coffee. I like southern deep fried chicken and my grandma's country kitchen. Pray for forgiveness, the short of a good bar fight. I go to church on Sunday, raid and on Saturday night. Yeah, my daddy said, son, you know to be a good Southern deep fried chicken and my grandma's country kitchen. Pray for forgiveness.